I'm going to start recording because I don't know what we're going to talk about, but no, I want to talk about your family. I want to talk about your, if you want to talk about your faith, you talk about your faith. This is wide open, man. This is wide open. So I want you to uh, get going, but I can't believe it's almost been 20 years. Since we you ain't were, that old, Coach. That can't be right. You were drafted. What the what? <laughs> you were you were just um, 20, maybe 21 years ago, you were at Ohio State working me out. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> crazy. Kind of pisses me off that I'm 60 years old right now. And <laughs> what oh, are you, 42? I'm 42. If I was 60 and look like you, it's a blessing. I hope I look like you when I turn 60. Look at I that. can't even believe you're 42, man. You've been working out. Your shoulders are big. Yeah, I try to stay in a little bit of shape. Are you really? Yeah, I used to, you know, um, for a while, um, when I was, you know, you know, I got real right afterwards, and I don't think I was depressed, but I don't, the more I interview people, I'm like, yeah, maybe I was impressed, because, um, but like, right after, right after football, I, um, I gained a lot of weight, I got up to, I got up to 340 pounds. Whoa! And, yeah, and then I was like, I can't do this. Like, my health is important. I yeah. got to get myself together. So I started competing in bodybuilding. Really? And so I made it all. I'm one step. Well, I'm not doing it now because I just don't feel like doing it. But I'm one step from being a professional bodybuilder. Okay. I yeah, so I, I, would, I just had to win, like, uh, uh, one more regional show, and I would have been a pro. I'm about 157,000 steps away from being a pro, <laughs> pro bodybuilder. <laughs> Yeah, but I like working out, man. Yeah, I started a company with my daughter called Another Rep Fitness, and she's an exercise science major and a certified nutritionist. Okay, so we work together and uh, we train guys and girls. Yeah. But she does the girls mostly. I, don't I remember know. you were telling me that. Do you enjoy doing that? I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's it's a blast. So let's go back. Let's, let's rewind. Hey, man, welcome to Another Rep. This is awesome, uh, man. I'm happy to be here, Coach. Anytime I get to see you, it's a blessing <laughs> for me, man. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because you got drafted. You were at Ohio State playing tight end. You got drafted. Yeah. But before that, I think you were drafted as a uh, – I would know them as the Cleveland Indians. I don't know what they call them now. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Cleveland Guardians, I think, now? But, yeah, I think – um, yeah. I'm not I, trading in my Indian hat to go get a Guardian. No way, no way. <laughs> Yeah, right out of high school, I got drafted um, to the Cleveland Indians. I, baseball was my sport. Basketball was my sport. And football was the worst. I mean, I was the worst at football. Is that right? Yes. And that's the one you made the money at. You know what? My, you know, um, when I first got drafted to baseball, we were super excited. But once we started looking at the contract, there wasn't any money. Yeah. We were still excited, but we didn't. My my family, it was like if I talked talked it over with my family. Nobody in my family ever been to college. Yeah, my family like street people. So when we would, when it was time to go to college, they said, "Hey, listen, just do it for the family. Go to college, play football at Ohio State. That's not a bad thing." So no, I, that's not a bad. Yeah. So I turned down the Cleveland Indians, um, and then I came to play football. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking with Darnell Sanders. Darnell Sanders played tight end for me at uh, the Cleveland Browns 20 years ago now. It's crazy <laughs> you think that. But uh, we drafted you, and um, I was super excited to draft you. Great athlete, big dude. Plus, you're a Cleveland guy, and coming home to Cleveland, I mean, what the heck? Thank you for that, too. Thank you. I, I never left my family, really. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that. When you um, – I got a couple of questions for you. Think of think of it this way. 
what would you say to your uh, self now in retrospect, looking back to your newly drafted self, what would you say to yourself? Oh man, that's a great question, coach. I'm telling you the older I get, I would definitely make sure that I seize the moment and really pay attention to the moment. Yeah. I think that um, at that time, looking back today, looking back, I felt like that I, um, I felt like that I knew I was going to have a 12 year career and I was going to be make all this money. And I was, I was big, I was a block and tight end and they always going to need me. So I'm going to be playing this game forever. Yeah. That wasn't the case. Um, so I would go back and I would make sure that I just like, I would just, put everything into that and then worry about the stuff afterwards when I got there, capitalize off of that and then use that to move forward. I was trying to do everything at one time. I knew football was going to last forever. I think we all kind of arrogantly think that. And then um, when you get caught up to the room and ask that play and the coaches ask for the playbook, you're like, holy shit, this is real. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do that to me. No, I never, I never been cut before. Yeah. I've been starring all these teams, you know, and now uh-huh. you're telling me that I'm I'm not good enough to play. I mean, it's hard. And um, yeah, I would just make sure I take advantage of the situation and put yeah. everything I have into it. Like literally study the playbook all day, every day, and make sure I knew it better than you did. But yeah, you know, yeah. when you went to Ohio State, so coming out of high school, tell tell everybody where you went to high school and how it's that a wonderful out. high school. It's a, a small suburb in Cleveland, um, Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Um, I grew up, uh, I mean, an athlete. I've, I've been playing sports ever since I came out the womb. I, um, I was a basketball, football, and baseball player. I got drafted in, um, I got drafted in baseball out of high school, and in basketball, I had a scholarship to any school. In football, I had a scholarship to any school I wanted to go to. Well, heck yeah, you're six six, two hundred and sixty five pounds, and ran four exactly. seven or some crazy yeah. four six three. Yeah, yeah, genetic freak. Yeah. You know? I missed. So, uh, I missed by uh, seven tenths of a second. <laughs> <laughs> but you got me right. You got forty-seven. <laughs> four, seven. Hey, there's a lot of dollars in between a yeah. four-six-three and a four-seven. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's. I mean, when you know, I go to all those workouts. I go down to Ohio State, and I see you down there, and I'm like, dang, okay, this is a big dude that can roll, run, and he knows football. So when you get there, you get out of high school who all recruited you um everybody i got i mean i got i got yeah. recruited i mean i don't i don't know of a college that i didn't get recruited to. yeah 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 so, so that's I, the kind of that's what i'm trying to get across that's the kind of athlete that we're that i'm talking to right now he's you know national recruited athlete and you chose ohio state very few guys get to go to ohio state and play football right and very few guys last when they get there, you know, not how many guys made it all the way through four years in your class. And then, um, you know, cause I know your strength coach, he beat you down. <laughs> he oh, yeah. intentionally beat you down. He built you up, but in the process, he beat you down a little bit. Yeah. Coach K wasn't a joke. Um, you know, that's a great question. I don't know. You know, we do have a, a long bloodline of athletes going to the NFL from Ohio state, but they were way more that didn't even make it through yeah i mean you know being a coach there's a lot of people that don't even make it through camp that's right it's hard you and they were like when you're in the room yeah and they're like freaks in high school but they, yeah. they get to college it's a whole nother level so mm-hmm. then think about how many from ohio state your class 
made it into the NFL. Not not all the Ohio State players combined, but just your class. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it just gets shrink, 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 and then it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we basically. I mean, I was just on the athlete. I was just on the player side. You was on the coach's side, but it's just as hard as, a, as being a coach. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you get my age, you know, they're like next. Yeah. And they cut you just like they cut you. <laughs> so yeah, it's, crazy. it's crazy. What, um, so when you're training and your, your mindset is, cause there's going to be some guys that are listening to this and they're like, man, how do I do this? And, and, uh, you know, because everybody thinks they're going to get paid. And like right. you said, you think you're going to get paid forever. Right. It doesn't happen. So what's the hardest thing about stick sticking or staying in the NFL? It's just being present, just being, uh, giving it everything you have. It's no like, and you, you did a good job. You always forced us and you always had us bring great energy, but it's basically literally giving that energy. Like you don't get better if you don't practice or do things or anything with like intensity. Yeah. So you have to, you got to have that like intensity to, to do things. You just can't go through the motions. If you go, go through the motions and you, and you're at the highest level at whatever field you're in, you're going to get ran over. <laughs> right. So you have to, you have to practice with that intensity. You have to do um, even in, uh, in business, you have to do everything with, with super high intensity and major focus because it's so hard. And sometimes when it's gone, it's gone. So you yeah. just want to you just have to appreciate it and just being in the present and just and give it hell. Yeah, exactly. Because when it's gone, it's gone. And it's like, oh. um, well, let's talk about that. So you played how many years did you get to play at the Browns? I was at the Browns two years and going into my third year, uh, we drafted Kellen Winslow. And then I got that's when I got cut. And then I got picked up the next day and they said, be in Atlanta the very next day, which is a little bit different. I'm quite sure we'll talk about that later. No, we will. So, yeah. 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 But that's, uh, yeah. So I was with, I was at Cleveland for two years and going into my third year, we dropped Kellen Winslow and that's when I got cut. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy, right? I mean, I signed a four year deal. I'm like, this is going to work. I played my rookie year. I played my second year and I'm like, okay, I'm headed to a good spot. Everything seems good. And then, I mean, that's what I felt like anyways, a little bit more playing time every, every year. And yeah. next thing, you know, it's like, Shit, this was the year I was supposed to start. <laughs> they brought somebody else in to take care of that. The problem is, yeah, the problem is you can't ever get too comfortable. And um, I'm not saying you did get comfortable. There's there's a difference between getting comfortable and and being like uh, apathetic or or you know lethargic, not lethargic, but just being nonchalant, comfortable. And then there's a there's an athletic comfortable like. Um, you know, like a uh, Roger Federer. That yeah. dude is an athletic, comfortable guy. He gets out on that court. It's hard to beat him. Right. Tennis. And, you know, he's an, he's comfortable in his game. He's comfortable in his skin and all that. Um, and I don't think he's nervous about, uh, at this stage of his life, he might not be nervous about losing his job or anything, but right. I mean, there's still competition. He still wants to be number one in the world. So he's not, He's still trying to work his way out of that comfort zone. So yeah. I think something different about football, you'll have to tell me this, is when you get with a team, it really matters who you hang out with on the team. Correct. Correct. Environment is everything. Yeah. So, right. So if you, you want to make sure that you're with the right type of guys and 
because the right type of guys, you're going to, if they're the right type of guys, that mean that they're probably doing the right things. That's going to force you to do the right things. Like, right. You can hang with the guy that goes out at night and parties and smokes pot and come back in and rolls just into meetings and just, and just being there. Or you can be the guy that's there at five o'clock in the morning, get his workout in, get his, get his, um, maintenance on his body done, watching film and, and do that. That's a pro. That's our, those are the guys that, um, that make it to 10 to 12 years. Yeah. The, the guys who don't make it to 10 to 12 years or, or even more, those guys are the guys that, that go home, shut it off, come back and just work. And it's just a job, but the people who really dive into it and, and, um, and, and really make it their life. Those are the guys that, I, I almost feel, and you let me know if you think this too, I almost feel like there is no balance. There's no such thing as balance if you need to be great, right? I mean, you can, you can see, yeah, I mean, if you want to be great, like, I mean, you had to sacrifice things being a coach probably with your family and things like right. that. The, the balance wasn't great there. We worry about the balance maybe if we decide to be the best in the field like the NFL, those are the best people in the world. So you can't have balance. You have to be out of balance because you have to focus so hard just to stay there. And then we worry about balance later on. That's right. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. Cause you're, you're absolutely right. Your intentionality. And so hypothetically, if you're married and you get in the NFL and all that, you try to keep balance with your family and your wife and all that, but it, it's so hard because in order to stay competitive in that game, you got to put your time in. And your effort. Do you think some guys coming out of Ohio State, Texas, Michigan, Miami, USC, you think some of them are entitled and that's what disallows them from staying in the league compared to some of these dudes like a Cooper Cup came from Eastern Washington or somewhere like that. And he's like balls to the wall. I'm working out because I'm not the fastest. I'm not the whatever. I'm not this. I'm not that. No one knows what city Eastern Washington University is in. And he's like, you know, what, what's your take on that? I think you hit it right on the head, man. It's like, so I read a book. It's called The Power of Broke. So that means that sometimes the most dangerous person is that person who's broke, as opposed to that person who, who has everything already. That person who's broke is going to go in there and fight and and. Like like a Shea, like we like we talked about. Aaron Shea was a fucking scrapper. Shea <laughs> was a he was. I mean, he was. A, he's a good friend. He's still a good friend of mine. We talked. We we just talked last week. He's Ohio a, State and Michigan guys talking to each other. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? But me and him became good friends. At, 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 with yeah. the Browns, and he's a fighter. And those type of guys, for them, for him, it was football, and that's it. Yeah. So you have to go against people like that 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 doesn't care, and it's only football. Yeah. What'd you learn from Shay? Because I, I did a podcast with Shay too. I don't know if you've heard that, but man, it'll crack you up listening to I, it. I gotta listen to it. What I learned from Shay is just just uh and what Shay had, I don't know if everybody can have. Like, I don't know if I had what Shay had. Like what did Shay, he have? Shay Shay would run through a brick wall and come back and say, Coach, do you want me to do it again? <laughs> I run, I run through a here, here's a good example. I was on the wedge my, my rookie year. It was me, Stokes, and Aaron Shea was on the other side. We had Dennis Northcutt in the back. Yeah. And we were playing against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, when I played at that time, they were known for knocking folks out on such <laughs> And that was the wedge. Shea 
had it in here in him to go and the wedge buster go attack the wedge buster. When I saw the wedge buster, I blinked. I just didn't have it in me. I can catch the ball good. I can block at the point of attack. But that guy running 50 yards, I naturally inside me didn't have, I blinked. You flinched. I flinched. <laughs> and I couldn't help it. That's you know? self-protection, self bro. <laughs> yeah, and every so everybody don't have that, right? Shay didn't, I don't think Shay had that. I think Shay just, he never flinched. He just go and he'd break his finger and it'd be hanging like this and he'd tape it up and go back in. Were you were you in the game? We talked about this. He got in that fight with Joey Porter over in Pittsburgh. Yes. And his finger got caught in, in Joey Porter's face mask and it got like ripped out of the socket. Yeah. He's like, motherfucker. You know, he's like crazy. And he comes over and he's like, coach, coach. And his finger was jacked up. I mean, it was going left. And everything yeah. else was going right. And he, he shows me, and I'm like, trainer, doctor, somebody, not me. I can't fix that thing. And so I said, you going to play? He goes, well, hell yeah, I'm going to play. So like yeah, the, next, the next play or two plays later, Couch throws him the ball. Couch never threw Shea the ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, and Shea would tell you that to this day. He's like, Couch never threw me the ball. He throws him the ball. He's like, I'm wide open. I got to catch this ball. He gets blasted by Troy Polamalu or something. <laughs> he gets up. He spikes the ball. He's holding his finger. He comes over to me on the sideline. He's like, that dumbass threw me the ball, and I got broken up. <laughs> yeah, that's Shea, right? Yeah, he didn't flinch. He never flinched. But that's the difference, you know. Those guys, some of those guys, they come out of that, those little programs like Cooper Cup, and he's like, "Man, I can't flinch, or I, they'll they'll cut me," you know. It's it's, so. a, it's everything, right? He he he. Cooper Cup realizes where he is in his life. He realizes like this is the this is my chance of a lifetime. Don't screw this up. Yeah, and that's yeah. how he goes about it every single day. Yeah. Every so, single day he goes in there with the intention to be better. Yeah. And he has, he, he what was triple, what do they call it? Triple crown winner of catches and all the touchdowns, all that stuff. Yards crazy. Um, so the Browns end up cutting you after a couple years and just let's go through that. Like right after you get cut, there's this feeling of what is it? What did it feel like? It was, you know, it was, it was it was shock. It was lost. It was empty. It was cold. It was like holy crap! This just happened. <laughs> you know? I mean, right, right. When we draft Kellen Winslow, we there, and I'm like, well, Kellen's a catching. These are he's a receiving tight end. Shay's a receiving tight end. I'm the black and tight end. Yeah, me and, they ain't getting rid of me. Yeah, I'm the black and tight end. And then you always, you know, you still question it in the back of your mind. You you know, Kellen was a good. He was first round, so you know. He's oh yeah, good. yeah. So he's not going to work. And then it's the more and more happen, things happen, like, oh shit, this can really happen. And then you try to pick it up, but then it's too late. Yeah. And this, so so when you when they, they come and get you from your locker, come upstairs, bring your playbook. First time ever going through that. Now that happened multiple times to me after that, but yeah. <laughs> as part <laughs> of the business. Yeah, but I um going upstairs and then they cutting you, and then you're driving home and you call your agent. And you kind of lost. You don't want to talk to anybody or anything. You, you just kind of lost. You don't know what's next. Yeah. And at that time, I was, I was, I had other businesses and everything, but it's just my identity was still football. Yeah. So right. When I, 
when that was happening, you know, I'm Darnell, the football player. I didn't know what to do, really. Yeah. Luckily, right after that, I got a call from um, 24 hours exactly later, I got I got picked up off of waivers to the Atlanta Falcons. And um, that and felt right good. after that, yeah, that felt good. I tell you what, though, this is the thinking, right? Right before the NBA left, left and went to Pittsburgh. Okay. When I get, when I got cut, BA tried to get me there. You can see it on the waiver wire, and your your attorney means yeah. um, your agent let you know. Well, I kind of wish I would have went to Pittsburgh because BA was part of the, your group who drafted me. That's right. So and and BA always have a he. I love BA. He always has the things where it seems like that he takes people with them, like yeah. the Kelly Holcombs and things like that. Yep. Like if he's kind of loyal. So I end up at um. And this is a funny story. So I don't know if you remember, you didn't coach so much now. So when I played for Cleveland, we had, um, so I get to um, Atlanta. I play, I'm playing with the Hawks. I come right in. They expected me to play right away. Yeah. Which is another thing. I was like, holy shit, y'all just picked. Literally, I'm. <laughs> I got to memorize this whole playbook. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning the playbook. And they, like, put me in, like, the very first day of practice. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. in <laughs> the Cleveland Browns. We ran a play. It was an arrow. An arrow route was just a flat route. You look for the ball. At Atlanta, an arrow route was you go out and you come back in. So I couldn't get the play straight because of the terminology. Yeah. Like I naturally went arrow. My mind went arrow. And then it, we running, now we're running a different offense. So you have to learn that and pick that up. And it was just hard for me to do that. I had Mike Big back there. was a great quarterback and everything. But, like, I'm running the wrong route. I'm like, damn, I'm sorry, man. I ran an arrow, but the wrong arrow. <laughs> that was the last arrow. That was, that, that, was, that, was, that was three months ago arrow I'm running. You know, a couple yeah. weeks ago arrow I'm running. Yeah. But, you have, but that's the difference in the NFL. They don't wait. No, they don't wait. Not for long, NFL. The, um, you know, that's the language. There's a language to every team, right? There's a language to every yes. coach. So if you would have went with BA, you would have understood that language. You get over there, yeah. you're an arrow, you're doing what you're supposed to do. But I'll tell you a quick story. I go to Italy. Italy uh, has a completely <laughs> different language. And they're talking, they're trying to talk and teach it in American football terms. Right. So like an arrow couldn't even, who knows what that is. I know, right. You know, so in the heat of the game, and I got there eight days before the season started. So I didn't get to put my playbook in. I had to learn their playbook. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, what? What are we Not doing? Of nights, right? What are we doing out here, man? You know, so, but it's all good. It's all fun. And it's, yeah. and it's uh, you know, you got to learn the language. It's, like what you're doing now, you know, we're going to get to what you're doing now here in a second, but there's a language to the business you're in. Yes. And uh, we're going to get to that in a second, but let's go back to, so um, because transitioning from, you know, one team to the next team is difficult. And then once you transition from a team, a football, you've been doing football, like you said, since you got out of the womb, you've been an athlete. Correct. Well, when you're done playing pro football, you're pretty much done. Right. There's no other leagues that you can go right. in, and, you know, how was that transition? You know, that was hard for a while. You know, you, you, I, I, I had a poker face. I had a good poker face, yeah. but I, I, it was hard for me because like I said, I knew football. I woke up, I had, a, I had a, my day was the same forever. 
you wake up, you do this, you eat, you go to the facility, you train, you watch film, you relax, you do walkthroughs. It's just, you know, everything's yeah. so structured. Scheduled. It's scheduled. Now I'm at home, like, okay, what am I going to do? I have a, I, at this time, I do how I own, I own rental properties, but rental properties don't need the attention every day. Yeah, right. I had a property manager, so I'm like, what am I going to do? Now, the hard part, too, at that time was I was used to living a certain way. I wasn't in the league long enough to, to realize, okay, this is about to end. You know, like I said, I was at the, what I thought was the beginning of my career. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it was disappointing for me. So me going out looking at people, although I was smiling in the backside, I'm like, damn, I wonder if they think I'm a loser. Yeah. And, you know, I wonder if they think like, damn, what happened to Neil? What happened to, you know, what happened to him? And you think these things all in your head and everything, but it's just, I mean, football was everything to me. I mean, it was sports was everything to me. And when I was done, the transition, okay, I'm going to get into business and everything. But even my businesses was was still like the sport. The name name of my tree company, the tree company I own is, NFL tree service. I know. The, the, my, my email is holy shit, football is over. I know. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's like, um, it's tough, man. It, I, I think that's the hardest thing for, for athletes, especially who, who's been playing for so long and made it to the to the highest level. I, I interview a lot of guys like you doing their stories, man. It's a lot of them, a lot, as, as you know, a lot of them turn to alcohol. A lot. Of, I, I, I'm not. I'm not a drinker. I don't drink anymore. But like a lot of them do that. I got. I got fat, so I turned to food. Yeah. And I, I, at the time, I didn't think it was depression. Like I still don't think it's depression, but it had to be something because I never. I never was that big. What do you think you missed the most? What I missed the most? Yeah. Great question. I missed the locker room. I missed laughing with you. I missed laughing with the boys. There's nothing better than the locker room. Thank you. I nothing, no, nobody can, you can't duplicate that anywhere. I agree because you know what? Um, I was just talking to this buddy of mine this morning about this. We go for a walk around this big neighborhood and it's kind of our walk and talk and, and uh, sort out life. Right. No, yeah, <laughs> Instead for sure, of right? going to Chick-fil-A and eating three breakfast burritos or whatever, we go for a walk yeah. <laughs> and we get it all done. But I said, the locker room, because you know what? We can call each other whatever we want and do, yeah. and yeah. no one gets in a fist fight. Right. We uh we talk about politics and yeah. it gets heated, but no one, you know, no one's killing each other or anything. Right. Yeah. You talk about religion, you talk about your girls and you talk poker, you talk about all sorts of stuff because it's kind of like this is us, man. We're a bunch of guys. And the real goal is how do we win whatever game we're playing? If it's a baseball locker room or a football locker room or a basketball locker room, there's just this blood tight sweat uh, environment that's created in there that is just hard to uh, emulate or fabricate, refabricate anywhere else. Can't duplicate. It's the boys, right? It's that's the, right. It's the boys. That's right. right. I guarantee you, if if we got our little room back together. Me, you, Shay, you know, I did, yeah, it'd just be like a day passed. That'd be yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, think of we, even though, right, even though I had to compete with Steve Hyde and I still had to compete with Shay, we gave it, we fought on the field. Me and Shay, you probably, I don't know if you remember me and Shay <laughs> fighting over who could throw the ball the first. Right? <laughs> so, 
right? So we compete and fight like that every day. But afterwards, we were family. That's right. Like, we really loved each other. Like I, like, I talk to Shay all the time. My father talked to Shay. My father talks to Shay. There you go. Yeah. You know, so it, it does. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's the brothers, the boys. It is. Know? It's the boys. It's the boys. It's the boys. And boys. I love that. I love that about that, man. Um, so now you transitioned into business. And like you say, you, you're in the new NFL. Yep, <laughs> it's your finest landscape country or yep. company, which yep. is so cool because you started really doing a little bit of that. Weren't you cutting trees or something when when I was coaching you? Or you got into flipping houses or something? Yeah. So so this is how it all started. So everything just progressed when yeah. I first when I first got drafted. The very first thing I did with my sign up on is I bought a rental property okay. and then I bought a Cadillac Escalade and then I bought the house I live in. And, um, so with that rental property and I bought a big shark tank to put in that. I bought it, yeah, you remember that. My boys love that. <laughs> <laughs> They're always asking me, can we go see the sharks? Can we go? See yeah. The so I, I did all that. And then I, when I, um, that led to more houses that led to apartment building that led to us doing even more houses. I met some people and we, we did be my buddy, um, a good friend of mine, Paul Gabriel, yeah. me and him, me and him. I met him and I, I showed him what I was doing. He was already on a different level than I was up in yeah. real estate. He was in apartment buildings. I was doing small homes. Mm -hmm. So doing that, we start buying, he was the money and we start buying big homes. We start buying a lot of homes and we were rehabbing them and we were renting them. And it was ADP properties, Andrew Darnell Paul. While okay. we were doing that, I was the guy in charge of making sure everything went smooth so we can rent the houses out. By doing that, it was always somebody, um, the, the city say, you got to cut this tree down because it's dangerous. You got to cut it down. So I would find people to cut these trees down. And it was so expensive. Yeah. Trees cut down. They're like $2,000. i am like, there's no way that's $2,000. So, <laughs> so after a while, I had a team of like maintenance men. Okay. So then I would go. So I, with, over time, I would buy, uh, I'm like, man, I'm not paying this. I got my, my guy. I paid $13 an hour. I'm going to go buy a saw. A steel saw. So now we cut small trees down. Yeah. Then it's at the next house, I got to cut this big old tree down. So next thing, I'm like, forget, it, I'm going to buy a lift. So my guy can go up and work his way down cutting. And next thing you know, you look up and I got cranes, I got bucket trucks, I got, <laughs> I got all this, I got a yard full of equipment. Yeah. That's how I got into the to, to the tree service. It it was started for me just taking care of my homes and, and yeah. just picking up the homes because the city was telling me I had to do this. To now, where I was like, where people will start calling me to take care of the stuff for them. That's so cool. And so now you basically built your own locker room. You built your own yes. team. A lot different though than 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 those these guys. I I love my employees, but two days ago on Monday, I just had to bail somebody out of jail. Yeah. Another guy tooth messed up. He didn't have. I had to get his tooth pulled out. So those it's just it's the locker room, but it's a we aren't always like-minded in the locker room. We were like-minded. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're trying to win the AFC championship yeah, exactly. and then on to the, win the Super Bowl. So there's a different, there's a bigger, bigger goal in mind. Some of those dudes are just trying to survive and get a paycheck, you know, yeah, they, they make it to the weekend so they can drink beer. Yeah. Right. And that's what I love about coaching uh, pros because yeah. for the most part, not yes. everybody, but for yes. the most part, they're wired in and they're, they, they got that a goal way bigger than themselves. Of course, they want to benefit and they want to get paid. Definitely. You got to get paid, but you really want, you know, you know, there's guys that'll just go be a free agent just to go get on the Rams so they can win a Super Bowl. Yes. 
you know? Yep. Because you, not every team can win the Super Bowl. Right. You start looking around, you're like, hmm, they, they don't have a chance. And most of them, right? It's only one or two of you know, it's not all of them can you know, yeah. at the beginning, everybody think they can, but there's certain teams just take off. That's right. So like, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you this, cause I told my son this, he's starting a business. My son's 26. So he's kind of almost at the age you were when you were getting out of the NFL and he's starting a business. And I said, and he's thinking, Oh, I'm going to hire this guy. And I'm going to hire this guy. I said, his name is Nash. And I said, Nash, if they don't help your team win. Yes don't get them on the team because it's harder to get them off the team than to bring them on the team. Correct. And if they don't help your team win and not, they got to make your team better, you know? And that's why like we draft, we draft guys like you make the team right. better. And that's why the NFL is so exciting because they're always moving and shuffling and, and making teams better. And those guys see that stuff. So let's in, in business, they teach you over time, you're going to learn to hire very, very slow and fire very, very fast. The yeah. NFL is very good at that. Yeah. Yeah. They're very good. Have you gotten good at it? I am not good at it. I am <laughs> good at it because here's why my, I, I'm too emotional. So I can, I get feelings for some of my workers and I don't want to fire. Yeah. And sometimes I hold on to, to some of them too long. Yeah. That's just my personality. I have to eliminate myself and have somebody else do that. Yeah. Like you, you had you had the upper office do that. You didn't have to deal with that. No, I, I know you. You got a good heart. There's a thing about in the NFL. Well, here's the thing. If I had to cut guys in the NFL, which I didn't, I didn't uh -huh. even know guys were getting cut. I mean, <laughs> they'd knock on the door and I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they were like, hey, can we see whoever? And I'm like, oh. Terrible feeling, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's terrible for me, too, because sometimes the guys will look at me like, Man, dog, why didn't you tell me they were? I don't know, which I didn't want to know because right. it just it's best that way to not know. But so you end up getting married, right? Yeah, I'm going to advance through your life a little bit quick here. You get married. Was this your high school or college sweetheart or anything like that? Or no, I met her through um I, through baseball. I I played. I traveled the world when I was younger, playing baseball with her with her brother. And I didn't even know who she was. But me and her brother, when I got drafted to the Browns, we reconnected. And when I reconnected, I walked in the house, his house, and I saw her there. I'm like, holy shit! Hey man, I'm hollering at your sister. Do you mind? <laughs> <laughs> so much for you your sister's a lot better looking <laughs> a lot better looking <laughs> that's so cool and you have one daughter yes i have an 11 year old daughter yeah and what is she doing she's playing basketball or she's a soccer player she plays for the international soccer club up here in cleveland dang and yeah. so you're traveling all the time i'm i'm literally every single weekend i'm out of time so you see your athleticism, maybe your wife's athleticism. I don't know who was a better athlete, but <laughs> <laughs> in your daughter. And is she going to be recruitable? You think, or I, I'm, I'm probably biased because it's my daughter. I was sorry yeah. for that. I think she is the best 11 year old soccer player around. Awesome. Cause you know, Shay Aaron's daughter. Oh, his, oh yes. His daughter is unbelievable. Volleyball player down at North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. I remember her coming to to our, to camps, we being pushed in the stroller with big blue eyes, a little baby, and now she's in college. Yeah, yeah. She's so that, to him. that's what I'm saying. Your future is, and you're going to get recruiters coming yeah. to your house. 
Right. How are you going to vet these people? <laughs> you know, that the hard, here's the hard part is I'm around a lot of these dads and, and I'm pretty vocal. I'm like, listen, you guys have no clue what you guys are talking about. It's a lot. <laughs> let these kids learn. Let them, let them go through the, don't baby them. Let them go through it because one day somebody's not going to baby. That's right. So let them learn. Let them have to compete. Let them, because that's going to transition, change them when they get older. And, and a lot of the, so it's, yeah, they, it's, it's fun. They may get a strength coach like the one you had at Ohio State. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. But it's only going to make her better. And um, I try to do, I try to put her in, um, I take her to train with Eddie Johnson. He's a Hall of Fame USA player um, out in Florida. I take her there for about a month out of the year to get in that environment because yeah. it's harder. He has the best kids in the world there. Those kids don't even go to school. They homeschooled and they do soccer six hours a day. I ain't ready for that. So I take my daughter down there once a year so she can experience it, so she can get beat up a little bit, so she can yeah. say, oh, I'm the best here, but I'm not the best everywhere. That's right. And I think that's so good because you got to get them calloused up. And yeah. sometimes, like you just said, she might be the best in Cleveland. She might be the best in Ohio. But right. that doesn't make her the best in, in Texas or Florida or California or wherever. Yeah. You know, and that's that's gets us back to the NFL. You might be the best at Ohio State. Right. But you get on that NFL squad, now you're going against the best and the best in the world. Yes. Because they don't play football anywhere else in the world but our place. I mean, yes. we played in that in Italy, but you know, that's yeah. those those guys aren't making it in the NFL. Think about it, though. The, the worst player at Ohio State was probably their star at their college. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah. The, I mean, the, the top player, I mean, the lowest player on the Cleveland Browns was probably one of their top players at whatever college they went to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But the best player at Ohio State sometimes can't always make it in the NFL. Right. For whatever reason, because of the mindset, um, their skill set, who knows? Right. So what does money do? Like you get paid, you get paid, like, cause all you're thinking about, man, I'm going to get paid when I go to the league, I'm going to get paid. It's a little different now. Cause they got NILs and all those crazy contracts that you wish you had when you were in. Yeah, college. I know. Right. But, but they still, you know, is there a level of pressure that comes with getting paid? You know, um, I, I was drafted to Cleveland. I got paid. I was lucky that I didn't have to go through all that. Now I have had some friends that might be like, come on, man, put me on. I'm like, put you on, come hang with me. And when you meet the people you put yourself on, yeah, but yeah. I never had, like, I was blessed that I didn't have like a lot of people coming after me about money and everything. And I was a fourth round draft pick. So I didn't make a kid. I got my signing bonus was a little under $400,000. And my, um, I think my time plan, I made like 1.6 million and half of it was taken out through taxes. So, <laughs> true. so I mean, I didn't make a kid and it was a great start. Yeah. It was, the, I mean, right. I'm, I couldn't have got that start nowhere else. Yeah. Yeah. In life. You know, so it was a great start. Allowed me to buy a house, get situated, give me a little bit of running time to figure out how yeah. to get all these other things going before I fall on my face. Yeah, no, you, and that's, and you know what, that's smart because that's, uh, not many people have careers like Tom Brady. No, um, right. So you got to use that like as a, as a runway to, to take off like you did. And some, some runways are only this long and some are a little bit longer, you yeah. know, Tom Brady's runway 
you don't need to take off. <laughs> right. I mean, he could be on that runway. He could still be on that runway because he's yep. taken off a long time ago. But hey, this show is called Another Rep. And before we come to a close, what's another rep mean to you? Another rep. Another, when I first hear another rep, that means I got one more chance and give it hell. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, one more rep, give it hell. I love that. You know, like if I'm straight, I'm thinking like when I first think about it, I'm on a bench press and I got, and they screaming one more, one more, one more. And it's stuck. One, get it up one more. And you got to give it hell. Yeah, that's right. I love that. I ask everybody that and, and uh, everybody gets to answer it their own way. And I love that. One more rep to give it hell. I might have to make a shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Your merch right there. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I love reconnecting with you. I know you're doing great in business. You're, you're, I'm going to put a link on your, uh, on the intro for you for your business and all, but I know you're killing it. And now it's spring in Cleveland. So people are going out and trying to get their yard right to show off to their neighbors. So you'll really be killing it. Yeah. So I love having you on the show. I love reconnecting. And um, thanks for having me on your show. I think your show is awesome. It's fun Thank to listen you. to. Thank and, you. It's so great. You know, we, when the, you know, I was your teacher, you're the student and now you're the teacher and I'm the student I'm learning from you too. So, I mean, it's just the circle of life. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah it's so fun, man. I mean, that's, that's, that's life, man. Just enjoying it and, and, and just enjoying every aspect of it. Cause we can, one day we're going to blink and we're going to be on the other side. So just, just give it hell. You're going to flinch and somebody from the Buffalo Bills is going to hit you in the (laughs) eye. (laughs) And you're going to look over at Shane and go, why didn't you take him out before he got Never flinch. (laughs) Stokes looked at me like, what are you doing? I'm looking back at um, Northcutt. He got killed. I'm like, bro, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, that's so cool. That is so cool. I appreciate you.